welcome to episode nine of somewhat decent reviews laura is trying to keep her shit together over here how you doing over there buddy i just pulled a really long cat hair out of my mouth so. <laughs> yeah. welcome to my house yeah. apparently this also is... my house now that i have a cat it's... and you have a long-haired cat and so. i have a long-haired dog so oh my god oh, yeah too Talk much about hairy <laughs> your whole house <laughs> so hairy oh my god damn so going? it's going good you know it's been um a few weeks since we were able to record because we've both been dealing with shit like stuff has come up i was traveling got i got COVID. covid it was really bad i don't recommend to everyone so nobody's masking anywhere. nobody's masking anywhere at all so yeah, we got COVID. Um, it was pretty shitty, but it did offer me a lot of time to sit around and um, play on my new Nintendo Switch, which is really exciting. I finally did it. What's your favorite game? I, so I finally went for it. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about my favorite game. It's actually one of the things that I'd love to talk about on the podcast today because new chapter, new game chapter, re- name, re- name reviews and game reviews. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Somewhat decent reviews of literally everything now, including games. So yeah. And I know like several weeks ago when we had our awesome, amazing friend, Kelsey on the podcast, she was able to talk about one of her favorite games too. And I thought that was really fun. It kind of opens up a new chapter. So a game that I want to talk a little bit about that I recently bought and played is called Spirit Fairer. So this is like fairer, fairer, spirit fairer. Like, so a fairer is somebody that like ferries people from one place to another, you know? So just think about a literal she's a little fairy driver yeah the main character of this game you play as this person named Stella and she has just like taken the role of spirit fairer and she lives in this other kind of world realm and she lives on this big ship and she travels from place to place and she encounters spirits along her way and some of them will ask to like join her ship and they join her ship and she has to kind of like, they'll ask her to fulfill certain tasks here and there um, and like try to help them with certain things. So that's part of your role in the game is they'll say things like, oh, I need this kind of food. And so you have to go locate the seeds and plant them in your ship garden and water them and then harvest them and cook them. And so there's like tasks nice. you have to do. Uh huh. It's really fun. Um, I highly recommend this game if you're someone who, like me, grew up with an interest in gaming, but not necessarily the really strategic, more like fighter games, but rather more kind of world buildy, world discovering, mild games that are pretty straightforward that you don't have to just kind of move in through you the just life. kind of move through the yeah. game and things are a little more obvious there's not a lot of like having to problem solve or just mm-hmm. feeling completely lost in the game and another thing that I'm always wary of with games is that sometimes I've noticed that like I can get really worked up you know like mm-hmm. if I can't figure mm-hmm. something out on a game I'll get like angry Mm -hmm. and I don't like that thing so when I notice I start to get really angry or worked up about a game that's when I'm like oh god I need to put this away like I don't 
want to get into this headspace of where I'm like actually mad. So that didn't really happen very much with this game, which I liked. It happened one time when I couldn't figure out how to catch a freaking tuna, which if you've ever played this game, you'll know that catching the freaking tuna is really hard to do. So anyways, um, yeah, it's really fun. I highly recommend Spiritfarer. It's really beautiful graphics. It's kind of like Mm. anime style in a way. Really gorgeous. Reminds me of a Miyazaki film. They're really beautiful graphics and really beautiful music. So maybe I should get a Nintendo Switch. Dude, you can borrow mine. Maybe I should uh, tell you about all of my favorite old games like Star Fox and Yoshi's Island so you can play those and then find some other things to play that you like. I did buy the old school Nintendo and Nintendo 64 game you can buy the game pack, the game pack. Mm-hmm. so now I have access to all of these mm-hmm. like old Nintendo love it and a lot of the old Sega Genesis games too go for it dude then we can be in like a Nintendo Switch, Switch club yeah <laughs> and just play our video games alongside oh each my other God. so speaking of simulations I know you and I kind of watched a wild movie this we did we watched together yes we laughed, we cried. We were literally blown away. We were kept saying wow to I've each other. I've never had my jaw drop so many times during a movie. Yeah. Um, to our listeners, can you guess what movie we saw? Guess. And all of us on the count of three are going to say what the name is. One, One two, two, three. three. Everyone, everywhere, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. Did you say everything? It is. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. I thought it was everyone. Look it up. I did look it up and it says everything. So you're correct. <laughs> um, but yeah. it is everyone, guys. It's everyone, everything, everyone, everywhere. Everything, everywhere, it's all the time. All of it, all at everywhere, once. all at once. That's what this really Say did. 10 times fast. Um, yeah, it's a freaking wild ride. And I will recommend it to everybody, even though it definitely has like a fight scene where two guys are wearing butt plugs so or dildos. Yes. So, you know, like go in with caution because they're- Going with an open mind. Um, if you're going there with your kid, you know, if you're seeing it with your child, they may ask you what the, the dildos are. Yeah. And then you might have to, some explaining to do, but you know, that could yeah. be a good conversation. It could be. Starter for you to talk to your kid about sexual health. So, I you know- <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm going to maybe give like a really brief synopsis. I'm going to do my best. I've been Ooh. practicing wow. brief synopsis of how to explain this movie to someone because I knew I wanted to talk about it on the pod yeah. and I knew we needed to be able to give like a very brief synopsis. Should we match it up to what the byline on IMDb says? So you I'm can go IMDb right oh, now. Okay, don't too. read it because I want to see. Okay, it. yeah. Um, I'm not going to read it. I'll just tell you what my yes. interpretation of. Okay, so in my mind, this movie is about a woman who is older. She's at a point in her life where things have become really mundane and redundant. And she's going in to do her taxes like normal. Everybody else would do this. And she gets swept into a situation where she witnesses alternative alternative realities of her life. And then- She's like put onto this mission to face an evil spirit thing that is present in all of these different alternative realities. As her daughter and then. And then that, but I don't want to. And so obviously spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, just you should have turned this off already. But um, yeah, so this evil spirit is her daughter in every realm. Some of the realms her daughter is totally fine, just a normal person. And in other realms, she's gone and been kind of swept up into this like bad negative 
dangerous scary spirit and when we say realm we say we mean like alternate realities right so it's like parallel universes like she so in this universe in the one that is like the main one that we know she owns a laundromat with her husband and they have this daughter but in another reality she never got married to that man and she's like a famous kung fu celebrity and then in another reality she is like spinning a sign on the corner for a pizza house so it's like all these different in another reality she's in a like queer partnership with a wo- another woman and they have p- uh, hot dogs for hands it's amazing in another re- realm she is a rock there's yeah. no people no people exist the one that made me go wow was that it was a um a cartoon realm yeah she was just yeah. a drawing yeah but i was like what this is bananas yeah so that's what this movie is about so she is making her way through all of these different parallel universes trying to figure out how to reach her daughter and not have to have her daughter be destroyed but to like reach her daughter and connect with her and like Mm -hmm. show her that she's loved again um yeah so that's kind of what it's about so now you read the imdb description and we'll see if they're at all similar okay (laughs) imdb description is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. Oh, I feel like we did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't give very much away in both descriptions. Um, but there's so much there. The there's movie a lot is there. like full, it's like if you ever see it, sometimes you see a movie and it's really sparse and it's slow moving or it's you know, it's just like little, it's about it's one about topic. little tiny details yeah. or something. This is not that movie. This movie is literally everything everywhere all at it once. It throws everything in your face. like, But in a really cohesive manner somehow. And it, totally it ties works. it all together and it totally works. Even this though it's like, so bizarre. One of the things that I loved the most about this movie was how in order to switch between parallel worlds. So if she's in her tax doing world, if she wanted to switch to another reality, she would have to do the least likely thing that could possibly happen and it would like push her into this other reality Mm -hmm. so these could be things like eating chapstick eating chapstick or snorting a bug or stapling your forehead or (laughs) just things that you would literally never do yeah but they're the least likely thing to have happen and it shoots you into this parallel it's the key so it was really wild this movie is wild her uh her dynamic with her husband is really fascinating her dynamic Mm -hmm. with her daughter her daughter is a queer uh woman and who's trying to come out to her family has already come out to her parents and her parents are Mm -hmm. like you know like generally pretty supportive but are also kind of like okay well you don't really understand yeah and then she wants to come out to her grandpa and they're kind of like dissuading her from doing that because they want to protect her because they think that he's not going to be supportive and you know they're a traditional Chinese family and um I think that he's from a different generation and so they're nervous about her coming out Mm -hmm. um but so the process of the movie is her trying to navigate her familial dynamic with her mother and her grandpa and her dad and it's also so it's as much about the daughter and her relationship with her mom as it is about the mom Mm -hmm. and her relationship with her husband her daughter her dad and the world around and the world around her and her circumstance her circumstance and kind of that if you've seen sliding doors, then it's like, what would, what would have happened if I had never married my husband? What, because in, in the beginning of the movie, she's contemplating a divorce. Um, and 
she's kind of thinking about her life and you know she's having a hard time and it's kind mm-hmm. of like through that thought process they take that thought process and they just turn it on its head when I say they I mean the directors writers and directors yeah. who was a, it's a duo they're called the Daniels um, yeah Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinhart Scheinhart yeah. Yeah. And they um, did such a phenomenal job of taking that kind of thought process of the what ifs of life and the kind of hard familial dynamics of life and then fucking turning it on its head and mm-hmm. spinning it out in the most bizarre, hilarious movie. So it's, it's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. yeah. Right. How do you say her last name? I always say Yeoh, but I don't know. Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. That's what I thought, Yeoh. So yeah, Michelle Yeoh plays the main woman and she's really amazing. Um what has she been in? She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm-hmm. Crazy Rich Agents. She was in like um, a bunch of stuff. So Avatar, but the oh, I think the new one. Oh, okay. You know, there's like a new Avatar coming out in yeah. 2022, which we're all very excited about. I'm, I'm I don't know if I'll, I mean you're not excited. excited. No. I, I, I don't know. I was really obsessed with the first Avatar. So hmm. um, yeah. So that's the movie that you and I watched together what other movie did you watch Laura do you want to talk about any other movie I mean I feel like we could go into so much details with mm. everything everywhere all at once we but could I, go we, we should, could do more if you want you know what I think our audio I think what I just want to say is that no matter who you are and what you're into there's something for everyone in this movie mm-hmm. and it is one of the movies I can't remember laughing so much in, in a movie theater before like I just was dying of laughter it's like everything and I was also like oh and then I was like oh my god my heart you know like it was like everything so many things so many feelings yeah like I literally had such a sense of awe at how many emotions I passed through in one like 90 minute period of time me too I think also just yeah I've not been in a theater where my literal jaw has dropped so, so many, many times, times and I haven't been able to stop myself from saying whoa yes or, I literally oh, same like, thing oh my god just like we were blown like, away we were all and it, it was a really interesting experience because collectively as a theater everybody was like losing their shit silent and just there like you just could tell so every single person was present there was one whole scene where it was completely silent and it was only subtitles on the screen and you could hear everybody in the audience reading that and laughing simultaneously Mm -hmm. even though there's no dialogue happening it's Mm -hmm. just what we're reading and we're all reading at the same time and we're experiencing this together this was totally that was on purpose everything about this movie was was on purpose and was so so intentional yeah that was another it was kind of like one car why where he thinks about every Every single detail detail, the placement of a hand the color of a dress he's thinking about those things that is not common in a lot of Western film. I don't think there's as much thought, but this, this had a lot of film. Yeah, I mean, and there are with like the auteurs, like the really famous right. directors and stuff, but it's just not, it's more, it's it's less less good. Um, yeah. the, but these guys are just, and talk about like the epitome of like incredible filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Like you just, every film person, film buff I know is like a, was just blown away. Yeah, you know, I know. it's just love it. such a, incredible movie so 10 could not, out of 10 we recommend everything highly i feel like well some things we don't but most things we recommend highly if we're reviewing them but this is a for sure 100 out of you know 10 go see this movie yeah absolutely even though it's bizarre yeah okay you asked me a question about well i was just gonna say you know like what if you watched any other movies i did watch other really movies. blew us away but what other films did you watch speaking of um slightly bizarre movies yes the here. last movie i watched uh was called allison cities um mm. it came out in 1974 it's um, made by this german director who i like um his name is 
Wim Wenders, or if you're German, Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders. Yeah. Um, Wim Wenders, um, that's the German pronunciation. Mm -hmm. He has an interesting style of filmmaking. This particular movie is in black and white, even though it came out in the mid-70s. It's kind of an awesome blast from the past. It takes place in the United States in the beginning, and then it kind of moves. It's a road movie, so I'll read you the IMDb byline since we're on that train. A German journalist is saddled with a nine-year-old girl after encountering her mother at a New York airport. That's very simplified, obviously. So basically, this guy is writing a story about the United States for a German newspaper. And he's kind of um, kind of shirking his duty. Like, he's got writer's block and isn't really writing a lot. He's just kind of traveling from town to town, kind of exploring. He's really into taking photos. So you just, the whole movie, you see him with his camera just taking pictures. And he's just kind of driving around in this in this car. And at one point, he meets up with an editor and the editor's like, dude, what are you doing? You got to write something. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And the guy's like, you're fired. Like, I'm not going to let you finish the story if you don't like produce something just like today, you know, like quick. So he goes, he's like, I'm putting you on a plane back to Germany. So he goes back, he's going back to Germany. He gets to the airport. All the flights are canceled. While he's at the airport, he meets this woman and her daughter and they strike up a bond because she doesn't speak a lot of English. And she's also stranded in in the airport from that flight. And she kind of convinces him to come like hang out at the hotel room with her and her daughter. And because she just like randomly trusts him Uh I don't know why without stranger danger invites him into her hotel room and they kind of stay together that night and chat her daughter is a really cool like precocious eight-year-old or nine-year-old and she goes to she leaves the, the kid with with this guy with the journalist and goes to like meet up with her ex and abandons her kid with him oh my god and she says she's gonna meet them the next day and then she doesn't show up to meet them and so he gets on the flight with this kid because he's like, she leaves a note saying she'll meet them in Amsterdam, which is where the oh, flight no. is going to. She's like, I'll meet you in Amsterdam tomorrow at 11 or whatever. So he's like, uh, okay. I, okay. So he takes the kid to Amsterdam with him. How did he have for- the flight? Did he pay for an extra flight for this kid? No, she had already bought. He had so already- she, the eight-year-old just had her ticket on her. She you must know. have gone to the airport and been like, this girl has a flight. And it was back in the time when they just looked up your name. It's- it's very like suspended belief. Like, okay. you know, I, I mean, I, you just kind of, everything is just, it is just, it is just that is. way. I don't okay. know. It was the seventies. So I think they were a lot more lax on security stuff. So you could just know, be like, just hey, walk up and be like, name. my name is this. And they'd be like, great. Welcome to your flight. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So they go to Amsterdam. He's staying by the hotel with this kid. Mom doesn't show up again. He's mm-hmm. like, fuck. So meanwhile, I have to like break it to this kid that her mom's not shown up at the agreed upon time. And he's like, do you know anybody in your family? Who do you know? Because they used to live in Amsterdam and rent a car. We can find her. She lives in this town. He's like listing off German towns because she doesn't know anybody. Oh like he does, she, you know, she's an eight-year-old kid. And she doesn't know anything about like where her to find people. Ugh. And it's the seventies. So he's like listing off towns for her. And she's like, yeah, that one. And he's like, okay. So they rent a car and it's basically just a road movie. I'm him trying to connect this eight-year-old with her family. It sounds like Paper Moon, the movie I It does sound a lot like Paper Moon. Yeah. It's interesting. It, you know, it's and it's cool because it's a road movie through the States, and then it's also a road movie through through the Netherlands and Germany. And you get to see all these cool like European towns, tiny towns. Sounds kind of good. Like I would be interested in watching it. It's definitely weird. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't would not recommend 
this movie to someone who's not a film buff. I would recommend it to like you and, you know, friends that like film and can understand like art, art, artistic, artsy films. It's definitely Mm -hmm. like a, it's definitely reminds me of like a film school kids film, you know? Interesting. I mean, that's kind of the style of Wim Wenders. I mean, it's very in line with like European film of the seventies. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what it was like. You know, there was a lot of, is there subtitles or is it English? Mostly German. So yeah, subtitled black and white. Um, but super interesting in terms of a, a kind of different type of road movie Fun. the kid is really precocious and interesting and i think it was well acted i recommend i do think it's it was definitely weird i wouldn't say it was like phenomenal but i was like mm-hmm. oh, it was a good movie cool i would nice. recommend nice okay well cool so wait, what about, what's it called yeah. again it's called allison cities allison alice in cities oh, okay got it wow okay cool. um you what know, did you watch? damn. So uh, since our last podcast, I feel like I've just been suffering from COVID and I yeah. haven't really been watching much, to be honest. Just that movie that we reviewed, I've been reading a lot. Mm-hmm. I finished Priory of the Orange Tree. Priory. Priory. You say Priory and I say Priory. I don't know what it is. I Let's look up how to say Nuns it. in the Priory. This is what we do every podcast because we disagree about pronunciation. <laughs> Priory. 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 Ugh. Priori. You could say priori. I'm going to say it however priori. I fucking want. Priori. Priori. Damn, Damn ori. why can't I put the emphasis on ori? That's where I want it. <laughs> the wrong and fastest on the wrong I'm syllable. Fast, the wrong syllable. Okay, fine. So the priori of the orange tree. You can just say it your way. Yeah. So, Laura, what's this book about? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we really wanted to have our friend Jasmine on this episode because... Jasmine was the one that introduced us to this book and the reason I think we both read it was yeah. because Jasmine recommended it and they are uh, also big. a big fantasy sci-fi person like us yeah um so maybe we'll have them call in at some point in the future and be on another episode or something but mm-hmm. I don't think we could wait to talk about Priory of the Orange yeah there's Street. a lot going on in this book um yeah. I I will say I really really enjoyed the book and I found it very frustrating that it was not split up into three books. books. It should have been three books or four, three or four books. I think she could have done a lot more with that um, in terms of, I felt like the story was well-rounded in its finishing. I thought there could be more. I thought she could have drawn it out in a way that was like more cohesive in terms of everybody, every single character getting their own ending to the story. In defense of the one book situation, the reason I think it worked as one book was for the same reason I think you maybe had a hard time with it is that it took about 250 pages to really get into the book yeah so if this had been broken up into a number of books obviously I don't think many people would have read it because that whole first book would have just been setting the scene but she didn't she didn't you don't have to do it that way so like you can introduce characters when you have multiple books to work with you can introduce a certain number of characters and really contextualize and give a lot of right a lot of shed a lot of light on their where they come from their world so she could have introduced one of each like the four main characters she could have introduced their worlds or just two of those characters she could have make it made it seven books like harry potter and gotten a lot more exposition on a lot more but i guess that's not what she was wanting to do you know that's like not what she wanted what she wanted was to write an epic yeah. And I, I mean, I understand that it's not for everybody. I actually liked it. I liked that it was a big honking freaking book that kept going for a long time. Yeah. 
I felt like I got really invested in it. I didn't have to sit around and wait for the next one to come out. I knew that my stories were going to be introduced, talked about, discussed, and wrapped up all in one book. So I wasn't have to wait for anything. Also, when you think about it, there really was one main climax situation. Mm -hmm. Like the whole book was leading to this one big event of spoiler uniting these two gems to defeat this dragon and so (laughs) I think really nerdy when you say totally I mean like that is like how it was though that is literally what it was but there's magic there's characters that are humans it's like all the but yes it's a great world building book there's like yeah just to set the scene there's like four main storylines we have um Tane who's a dragon rider what's her name Ayer who Eid, Eid, that's right. (laughs) Whatever. Eid, who is like um, of the sorcerer. She's like magic, a mage, and she is guarding the queen of the land. Um, You have Nicholas, who is like an older man. He's like in his 60s and he's an alchemist. And he, you know, his story is really interesting. And And then you have Loth. Loth, who is basically the cis man of the bunch i guess nicholas is also but Mm -hmm. he's gay gay yeah so what was cool about this too and these four people kind of we each follow their own journey um there's like a lot of different realms there's a whole realm of of dragons and they're really great we love the dragons but then on the other side there's what they call worms which are also dragons but like bad dragons like mean dragons yeah and I wasn't quite clear on some of the things that she described I thought some of her description was really good and other descriptions I thought were lacking totally there was some stuff that got lost for sure I I definitely was confused for like 30% of the time reading this book which is like to me not a super successful book it's interesting because I did really really like the story in certain ways and then I also was like I just want more yeah like I just felt like there was some lacking like we all finished the book and we're like man that was awesome but then I now that I'm thinking back on it I feel like I just well so I was really grumbly for the first 250 pages because the whole first 250 pages was just introducing characters on. yeah it was just introducing characters and you don't like any of the characters enough to want to stick through it so to me it was kind of like okay cool and who are you and why do I care right one of my big things that I kept saying during this book is man this book is going to be really good the second time around yeah. because I, yeah, I feel like the first 250 pages, I have no idea what even happened. Now, if I already knew those characters' names, like now that I've read the book, I'm sure going back and reading the whole first half again, I would be like, oh, that's who they're talking about. Uh Like I had no idea what they were even talking about. So yeah, it's kind of one of those where I'm like, and that's, and that's my argument about why having splitting it into different books would have allowed her to do more with those early pages where she's introducing characters. And I get, I get what you mean about having it be like this epic. And I do feel like there is something to be said for having a book where it's just like, you know, you're going to get through it all. Mm -hmm. But to me, that is the kind that I put down and I did put it down until I you luckily we have a fucking gay book club and so everybody was reading it and And you're like like, fine guys Jesus okay I guess I'll pick it up again and I kept saying to you like Laura you just have to give it another shot it really does get good and if I hadn't had that like we often we often read very different types of books yeah totally reading the same book at the same time it just so happened that this was the book that we all were reading reading at the same time 
And which was so, fun. Which was really fun. And so I, and we persevered and I persevered and picked yeah, it up again, but I did. left it for like, I don't know, three months. Seven months. Yeah. yeah. So this book is by Samantha Shannon. Um, it, it is not the oldest book. It did just come out, I think in 2021. Um, and just so everybody's excited, it's gonna, I think there's going to be a second one, but sequel? no, a prequel. Oh, so nice. I think she's going to write um, we're pretty sure. I think that this just was announced recently that um, she's going to write a, a prequel that kind of gives some more information. One of the cool things about Samantha Shannon that I do like is that she's really open to engaging with her readers and answering questions and oh, like talking about things. So she's, I didn't know that. yeah, she actually has tons of forums where people ask questions and they're like, what does this thing mean? Like, um, and she responds to all of them. It's wow, pretty amazing. That's fascinating. It's like on Goodreads and stuff. So, yeah. you know, somebody says, are there LGBTQ characters in this book? Yes, there is. She says, you know, like it, wow. when is the next book of like your other series coming out? And she'll be like this, you know, cool. so she's, she's cool. And she really engages with her readers. She's really young. She went to Oxford and she's like our age is I think in her early thirties, which That's is really wild. cool. Yeah. And I'm always just blown away by people who write like these amazing books. Wow. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there's that book. This is a really good, really beautiful book. If you are really wanting to get immersed into a completely into a deep world, world and be in like commit to something for like probably a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of fantasy, I'm also reading another fantasy book that I'd love to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's it called? So I have just started the earth sea series by Ursula K. Le Guin. So Ursula K. Le Guin is, she was a Portland-based writer and San Francisco, which is really cool. So she's, mm -hmm. you know, from this area. We love that. She recently passed away, which is really sad, but she is, um, she was like a, an amazing storyteller, short storyteller and essayist. Um, she loved talking about language mm -hmm. and she really, I think in a way that's different than some other writers that I've read. She really liked playing with words and mm -hmm. like playing with language. Yeah. So the way she's, that she's a poet too. Exactly. Yeah. So she plays with the way things are framed and phrased. So you either hate that or you love that because the books do take maybe just a little bit more time to make it through because you are having to read slower mm -hmm. because the way she frames sentences you will be like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. What is that? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, you have to like read things twice sometimes. But the Wizard of Earthsea is part is book one, and I think it's like a six part series um, that follows this wizard sorcerer named Sparrowhawk um, around. And he, the first book starts out when he first discovers his powers when he's like 11, 12 years old, and um, gets approached by a master sorcerer who says, you have great power. Like, I would love to teach you. If mm -hmm. you come with me, I will teach you. And so Sparrowhawk goes with this man and learns some, some of what he can. And then he goes to another school and he goes to a school for, for sorcerers. And, um, he kind of, when he's a young man deals with a lot of pride and his ego, and mm -hmm. he thinks he's this amazing. Cause he got a lot of positive accolades mm -hmm. when he was young. So he really believed himself to be wildly powerful and like the best there is. Yeah. 
So he really had a hard time when people would challenge him. And then this one student also challenged him and um, was kind of arrogant and mean. And so Sparrowhawk was like, I can do anything. I'm a better wizard than you. I'm going, I can even raise this person from the dead. And then he did. Mm. And it caused big trouble because when yep. you cross over to that underworld, you can't you, fuck with that. You can't. You open a portal between underworld and above world. And that portal, other things besides just the spirit that you're calling can come through. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happens to Sparrowhawk. Another shadow comes through and then the shadow basically stalks him. Oof, and this whole yeah. first book is about him having to face not only his arrogance and his ego, but also face this shadow metaphor i think yes Uh, i think so (laughs) so it's really good so it's you know here i am i am your resident fucking fantasy queen (laughs) like i love fantasy so much and so do you we love fantasy sweatshirt with fantasy queen on it (laughs) fantasy not that kind of fantasy yeah oh my god (laughs) you know like i'll be your fantasy baby and on the back it says witches wizards warlocks yes (laughs) we can wrap up this book so yeah, highly recommend the series, The Wizard of Earthsea, for all of your fantasy needs. These um, are really great books, pretty easy to get through, pretty good. I actually do not recommend listening to them. I tried to listen to this book like four times, and I really couldn't get into it with the narrator. Didn't mm-hmm. like the narrator. So, but reading it myself has been a lot easier. Narration yeah. is important, but I'm glad that you found it in paperback and we're okay with it. Yeah, um, what did you read, Laura? Um, I'm reading a book, not done with it as per usual, but I am always reading like five books at once. So yeah, one of the books I'm reading and I'm almost done is called Say, Say, Say. Okay. Three Says by Lila Savage. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting. It's about a caretaker of someone who has had, um, early onset dementia. Oh, sad. It's about her relationship with the person she's caring for, her relationship with that person this woman's husband mm-hmm. who is you know caring for his wife but is needs help and right. is you know lonely because his wife Aww. is no longer the same person and um it's it's an interesting book in that care work is so you know important and also really undervalued and it's also such an important part of life yeah so this book is interesting because i don't know i think like I obviously am a care worker of a very different sort working doing care work with kids is very different than doing care work with adults and Mm -hmm. especially with adults who have dementia or have physical you know mobility issues or whatever it is like you know like everybody needs care care workers have a specific skill set and um but it's also interesting because it's it's from the perspective I've never read a book that's from the perspective of a caregiver before um so not only was it like validating reading work from the perspective of a caregiver, but I think it's like a different, completely different mm. beast that, you know, caregivers of elderly folks have because a lot of their day is like anticipating the needs of the person that they're caring for, but also, you know, like making friends or, you know, that you're not quite friends, but you're not, not friends, you know, you're, you're, you're right. Well, you're sharing so much life. Yeah. You're sharing, sharing life space. with sharing space with this people and like this kind of family unit, mm-hmm. but you're still like getting paid. Exactly. So there's like an inter- it's kind of like that paid caregiver work. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's really and there's always this balance, you know, that I think as a caregiver, you have to have where it's like, you feel and boundaries. so and boundaries and you feel so close to these families. Like you feel really, really 
connected. And I feel like that with, I'm a preschool teacher and I feel like that with the families that I work for, where I feel I'm so much a part of their life in this really specific way, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not their family. Yeah. But (laughs) you you like literally spend next to them, you spend the most time with their kids, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like really interesting. It is. It's really interesting. It's really interesting to read a book about that that realm so I yeah that. I it's a I'd say it's a good book I think Lila Savage the writer mm-hmm. is really good and it's, I think it's her first book um she's from Minneapolis um yeah I would recommend this book I think it's I think it's a really it's a beautiful say 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 story it's called say 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 you know there's a song by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson called say 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 oh did you know well that? I wonder no. if it's based on I wonder if it's like the same thing you should listen to the song sometime and see um speaking of songs yeah Maybe we can talk about the music that we listened to yes. this week and then we can wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to butcher, I'm going to butcher this last name again. Aladdin. Yeah. So Joy Aladdin. Um, She's fucking amazing. Yeah. I really love her. I've actually really liked her for a long time, yeah. but um, I really got drawn in by her recent song what is it purple haze Mm. it's really beautiful it's just a love song came out 2022 so it's pretty recent um you know I think she's been making music for a while like she's not the most brand new I think she's been putting out songs since like you know 2017 16 Mm -hmm. 18 um so like four or five years she identifies a singer songwriter um kind of in I would say maybe leans toward like the pop vein Mm -hmm. but more chilled out than a lot of pop music right now kind of reminds me more of like um who is it Kehlani in a way Mm -hmm. who's kind of like pop-ish but more like R&B Kehlani is more R&B than Joy Joy is a little bit more folky like Lucy Dacus than yeah. Kehlani but it's like a combo I guess I would yeah, say yeah. <laughs> like she's um, kind of like dreamy romantic pop. yeah and she's also queer so cool. that's really cool that's what I one of the things I like <laughs> is that you know her songs that are love songs I just like reading or listening to love songs that maybe don't specify gender but you kind of know they were written by right. a queer person about like queer relationships because you can again get that sense and it's just nice to like see like different love validated and uplifted in music representation matters okay it really doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) how am I gonna know if I don't see myself out there in the world yeah so she's great um yeah she also her voice is great her voice is really beautiful smooth and um yeah she's freaking awesome I really really enjoy her music so I would highly recommend just giving her a shuffle on Spotify or something like that, tuning into some of her YouTube or whatever, however you listen to music and listen to Purple Haze. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Um, I got a really cool record at this shop that we really love yeah. called Partly. Shout, shout out. out. Shout out to Partly. Shout out to Martina. Yeah. Follow, follow Martina um, Thornhill and follow her shop Partly. It's really amazing yeah yeah so I went I went there last week and was they have a really amazing record collection and um I was having them help me pick out I was I had like three records and I couldn't decide so they helped me decide and one of the records I got was um a kind of soundtrack uh to a western film which I have not yet seen (laughs) but I'm it's on my list the movie's called The Hired Hand and it stars Peter Fonda and the guy who made the soundtrack is named Bruce Langhorn. 
And Bruce Langhorn is uh, one of those guys uh, who is like a session musician, mostly. He's kind of an unknown name, but he's been on like every, like so many albums, so so many records of all different types of famous mm. folk singers. He's 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 there. So um, this was an interesting thing because he like did he did all the music for it. It's mostly like this really beautiful ambient guitar with like a slight western tinge like it's it's interesting because it is like the score the soundtrack for a western film but it's not overtly western to me in, mm. in terms of like you could totally see a western movie being set to the soundtrack but yeah. when I if I didn't know it was a soundtrack to a western movie I wouldn't be like oh wow, yeah super country yeah, yeah exactly yeah and um I put it on for my partner and she was like, wow, this is so nice. I just want to like play it again. Like we we're sitting yeah. outside on, on our back patio area and just like vibing. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's a really sweet, like kind of meandering. I mean, it's almost like, it's almost psychedelic in a cool. way, um, but it's not psych music and it's almost hmm. shoegazy, but it's not shoegaze. You know, it's like, Damn. it's like that vibe of just kind of like being on like a breezy you know summery spring day I love it the weather's nice and you just put it on and you're like ah you know it's that kind of an album so that's really cool and Bruce Langhorn is a really I read about Bruce Langhorn and he's a really incredible guitarist and just like he's been in a ton of stuff and I think he was missing some fingers some digits so um a type a Django type where Django had extra digits but Bruce is missing some and so it's cool like what people do when they have different mobility things and Mm -hmm. how they're able to make fucking amazing art yeah totally I mean uh, yeah don't not letting that get just like making their like saying okay this is I want to play music and yeah. so I'm going to play music. Yeah. And of <laughs> like, course it's like phenomenal. Yeah. That's so. amazing. That's cool. Yeah. We should do a record swap or like yes. borrow sometime. Like you can go through mine and I'll go through yours. I and would we love can, that. Um, trade for like a week or two. I would. Cause I would love, love to listen it. to that. That would be cool. Let's do that. Anybody want to be in a record swap club? Yeah. F- uh, slide into our DMs. We also if have you a, be in a record swap club. Gay fantasy book club. Uh, yep. And now we're going to be starting a Nintendo Switch club. And now, yes. So we'll, three clubs. We you can join any, anyone. You, if you want to be in a club, we're your clubbers. Yes. Yeah. But not in the traditional sense. Because we don't want to go out. We're not going to the, the club. No, we're just in a club. Yeah. Exactly. Big distinction there. Yeah. Um, also, Molly and I got back in the swing of trivia. So if you want to mm-hmm. be on our trivia team too, we have that as well. So I could say we could say we're in four clubs. Really. Yeah. Trivia club as well. Fact Hounds. That's our name. We're Fact Hounds, which we are going to be starting to create some merch. Follow us on Instagram. You'll see the design. At Somewhat Decent Reviews. If you would like to be the first in line to see what our merch is going to look like. Laura is Big designing. unveil. I am oh, my, first, my first design. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a moment. So it's check us out. Check us out. On that note, this has been Laura and Molly. And this is Somewhat Decent Reviews. That's right. We will catch you next time. See you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side.